Welcome to Sharp Waves, a podcast from the International League Against Epilepsy. Our episodes cover epilepsy research, clinical care, career development, and issues in diagnosis and treatment from around the globe. Recent data from literature suggests that besides the beneficial cardiovascular effects, statins have also a neuroprotective role in different neurological disorders, including epilepsy. Uh, in this episode of Sharp and Wave podcast, we will discuss about statins as anti-seizure medication, yes or not. Uh, with me, I have two speakers, Professor Anthony Marson and Professor Emilio Russo. Please introduce yourself, Professor Russo. Bruna, thank you very much for the introduction. I'm, uh, I'm Emilio Russo. I'm Professor of Pharmacology at the University of Catanzaro in Italy. I've been working mainly on preclinical models of epilepsy, uh, but also running some clinical trials in the, on the pharmacological side. <laughs> and I'm Tony Marson. I'm an academic neurologist in Liverpool, Professor of Neurology, leading the, the epilepsy group there. My, my track record really is in running clinical trials, trying to answer questions about whether treatments are clinically or, or cost-effective. Okay, thank you so much for accepting our invitation. And Professor Russo, the first question I would like to ask is more in general. What statins are and what mechanism of action statins have? Well, in the general view in pharmacology, statins are cholesterol-lowering drugs. That's the way they are usually classified. And that's what they're used for. So they're used in primary or secondary prevention of any cardiovascular event on the clinical side. The mechanism of action, the one we know and we usually describe, is the inhibition of one of the uh, enzymes uh, which is leading to the synthesis of uh, cholesterol in our body, which is HMG-CoA reductase. Uh, obviously, in, the, in, the, in many other experiments or data have demonstrated that there are also other mechanisms uh, from this point of view, which are generally called like the pleiotropic effect of statins, including uh, uh, stabilization of plaques, for example, or other mechanisms leading to this cardiovascular protection. More generally, in the view of uh, epilepsy, for example, or neurodegenerative diseases, statins may be anti-inflammatory and have an effect against the neuroinflammation. Okay, Professor Marson, when and why did people start thinking that these drugs could use also for epilepsy? Yeah, so there are a number of lines of, of inquiry there, and I, and I think we need to think about two separate scenarios, really. One, one is around, might statins alter the natural history of epilepsy? Is, is, is there something about statins which either reduce the risk of seizures or, or change the epileptogenic processes in the brain. There's information from a number of animal models which, which suggests that, that statins have an anti-seizure effect and also that they might have an anti-epileptogenic effect, so reduce the severity of, of epilepsy. And that's, that's kind of really interesting at a time when we're really frustrated because we've spent 30 years developing a load of drugs which treat seizures, but they really do nothing about the underlying biology of epilepsy. Can we develop new, new treatments which will affect the biology of epilepsy? And it might be easier to start with trying to repurpose drugs that we've already got, that we know that are safe, whilst we're also in, in the process of developing potential new treatments which can uh, interact with these processes. 
The second area to think about is the fact that we know that epilepsy is becoming increasingly common in older populations, and those older populations are more likely to have vascular disease. And we need to think very seriously in the epilepsy clinic whether we're missing an opportunity to improve people's vascular health, because I don't think we do that very effectively in epilepsy clinics. And then should we be identifying people with poor vascular health for whom statins should be being prescribed? Thank you. Professor Russo, what are the main preclinical studies on as antiseizure medication and what are the main results? Well, I think we have to look back for well, 20 years ago, I think. Uh, the initial studies on, on studies and epilepsy in animal models. The, the first one likely is one published around 2008 on neuroscience letters, in which it was demonstrated that some studies, um, above all atorvastatin, would be uh, anti-pleptogenic. In, uh, in, mo- in models of leptogenesis, the one we know, you know, like temporal lobe models, mainly at that time. So this was really the first evidence on this side. Then after that, we have, I mean, we, we've seen many other clinical studies with statins, with all the studies tested so far. There is no one which is better than the other one, I, I must submit. Since, you know, preclinical research is usually a sort of truck of something demonstrating an hypothesis, and then this has to be translated on the clinical side. We, we are lucky that actually uh, some research has been running together. In the same time, we are like preclinical research and clinical analysis of uh, results, which we will discuss later, going together. And the end, what, what has happened is the fact that moving out of this mainly post-insult model of epilepsy on the clinical side, we also had some evidence of efficacy in genetic models, for example. So it's, it is just not only an efficacy seen in uh, those uh, kind of epilepsies in which you have a vascular damage, but maybe the mechanism may spread to and be applied to other areas of epileptogenesis. The main main outcome is the fact of trying to identify which is the best study in this area. It's not easy to identify the best study in this in this at this time. Also because I mean I've I've summarized the mechanism of action, but we cannot really say that all the studies share the same identical mechanism of action. And Professor Martson, do you have any comments or something about the preclinical studies? Well, I think the results of the preclinical studies are, are tantalizing. They, they, they tell us that statins might have a useful effect, and, and we need to find out whether that is translated into, into humans. So we need to think about how, how we might design and undertake some trials in, in humans to, to answer those questions. Professor Russo was talking earlier about you, which statin do you choose now? And I think that's that's very difficult. Probably the pragmatic answer is you choose a statin which is frequently used and, and, and well tolerated and run with that because in, in terms of effect, they're probably all very similar. Professor Marston, what about human clinical studies? We can get some insights from, from population-based data. So we, we can, we've increasingly got access to big healthcare data sets we have information about many, many thousands of patients. So we can we can effectively look at natural experiments. Do people that are given statins in certain situations have, have a lower risk of seizures? And, and there are some some insights coming from, from those data that, that tell us that that statins may be having a an effect on, on reducing the risk of seizures. But of course, those kinds of studies are only ever hypothesis generating. The only way to answer the question properly is to is to undertake a randomized controlled trial, which takes us back to a trial that we ran from Liverpool back in the 90s, the MESS study, where we randomized people with 
for seizures to anti-epileptic drug treatment or not, or as we call them now, anti-seizure medications or or not, to to identify whether short-term outcomes were any better and and whether there was any evidence of a disease-modifying effect. And and we were able to answer the question that anti-seizure medications reduce risk of recurrence but don't actually have any long-term effect on the natural history of epilepsy. And we could could run similar trials of, of statins or other potential disease-modifying treatments, one of the challenges there is that those sorts of trials take about 10 years to complete. So it will take us quite a long time to to get answers to those questions. So it's really important that we have a good pipeline of of likely potential effective treatments to to put into into studies, which which are probably going to take us a, a number of years to complete. The other challenge, and I'm really interested in Professor Russo's comments here, is that we we don't have any any biomarkers or, or mechanisms that we can look at in humans. And, and I think funders, our experience certainly in the UK is that funders that might fund a randomized trial also want those studies to include some mechanistic work so that we can we can demonstrate how statins might be having an effect. And that's that feels like a bit of a stumbling block that we really need to come over. What are the mechanistic studies that we could include in clinical trials to help us prove to funders that statins are having an effect? Professor Russo, any comments about that? I, mean, I, I agree. I agree, obviously. I mean, there are several aspects we have to, to consider. Many, I mean, besides the, the biomarker story, also, for example, patient selection, uh, based also on the preclinical observations. So it, it will make a difference if we are going to treat like post-stroke patients more than any other type of epilepsy. And we, we need to understand which is the, the best line to, to follow up. Also, because we have evidence of neuroprotection, for example, by statins, and effects also on uh, maybe on disease progression due to neurodegeneration, and the statins may be protective on this side. So we, we need to, to to have proper evidence uh, to move on. I mean, surely what has been done so far is very indicative of potential, but again, population-based studies are not the best in this area. Yeah, and I, I think I think one of the real challenges for us is to identify the patient populations that we might want to to include and, and I guess we've embarked on a conversation where we're most interested in finding out whether statins are disease modifying whether they are having anti-seizure effect is probably irrelevant because we've got lots of anti-seizure drugs the really the really tantalizing question is do they have any disease modifying effect and we could do studies in people with stroke or but they they will have already had a statin so so we can't randomize people with stroke to have or not have the statin so that's that's not an opportunity people with head injury or some other brain insult might might be an opportunity but they're a really challenging group of patients to run studies in because if they've had a significant brain injury they've got lots of other things to worry about rather than rather than seizures and you know i increasingly think that the population that that may be the easiest to study here is actually people with first seizures we've got people early on in their experience with seizures there is a process going on that we don't necessarily understand. About half of them are at risk of having future seizures. So is there a cohort of patients with first seizures or early epilepsy that, that we should be including in randomized trials to, to identify if these drugs are disease modifying? And even if, you know, even if the effect is small, it's likely to be a substantial kind of health economic benefits because epilepsy is so common and because that you know the consequences of epilepsy are so long over over an individual's life. And Professor Russo, could you briefly summarize the evidence from literature about post-stroke seizure and statins? 
We have few, really few data actually on the preclinical sites, while we, we do have more population-based studies since, as, as Professor Marston said, you know, studies are very much used around the world. And obviously, people are having a stroke might have been taking the drug before. We really need to do a proper randomized trial to, to understand whether this is true or not. I think there was one. I mean, there are new ways, I mean, there are new scores we can use to select patients, like select score, for example, to be included in, uh, in this kind of studies. And uh, there, were, there are study design now of 18 months, which are not that long anymore. So maybe we don't really need such longer studies as we thought before for epileptogenesis, even though we don't really have biomarkers. But again, if, if the effect is, this, is strong enough, then 18 months may be enough to understand whether the drugs are really effective or not. And Professor Marso, anything else to say about that? Following people up for, for 18 months, the challenge is that if you, if you want to generate a cohort of six, seven, 800 patients and follow the last one up for 18 months, it's still going to take five, six, seven years to complete those sorts of studies, unfortunately. But that's, I guess that's the, that's the real world. So, so, so we, we need some surer bets to, to put, in, put into those studies. And I just wanted to go back to a comment that was made, made earlier as well, because when, when, when we were thinking about this a year or so ago, we thought, well, this, this needs to be a trial of people that are likely to have focal epilepsy. And, and, and then there are the data which suggests that statins could have an effect on people with, with idiopathic generalized epilepsy. So maybe a, you know, a, broad, a broad inclusion criteria and, and, and see if there are patient characteristics where the effect is greatest, assuming that there is a treatment effect. And Professor Marzo, what about your personal experience about statins and epilepsy? Have you conducted any studies about that? So we, we've not conducted any prospective studies. Our, our experience has all been, some of my colleague Nasser Mirza has, has been doing the kind of the systems biology and, and clever things with the literature to, to identify potential drugs for repurposing, including, including uh, statins. And we've, we've been looking at the population data, but, but we've not actually, outside of routine clinical practice, uh, been, been prescribing statins for people with seizures. And Professor Russo, what about your experience? Well, I've published a couple of papers on clinical models. I mean, we've done some experiments in our lab in the beginning of 2010, 2012. The first one was actually on the this model, which is called DBA2 mice, which they have uh, audiogenic seizures. We went to test actually if there was any direct anti-seizure effect, you know. So actually just a minimal effect on seizure themselves. And then we tested whether the use of, of statins may be may potentiate the effects of other anti-seizure medications. Coming out with a paper published in pharmacological research in 2013. The second part of the experiments, we, we focused on the antipleptogenic effects, and we moved on a model which we were, which were using in our lab at the time a lot, which is the uh, WACRI rats, <laughs> just the, the name, the correct pronunciation in the Netherlands. This is an absence model. And is seen as a, a, an epileptogenesis model. Uh, since seizures will appear over time and will increase over time in these animals, and then we knew that treating these animals before seizure appearance with other drugs would stop or prevent development of, of further seizures in the future. And we tested a few studies, 
different dosages as well. And we found actually, again, that atorvastatin, for example, was quite effective in, in preventing the development of absence seizures. So also an effect in genetic uh, epilepsy. And in this same paper, actually, we focused also our attention on comorbidities, uh, analyzing also depressive-like behavior and anxiety in, in rats, as, as much as you can say a rat can, can be depressed or anxious. And uh, so also uh, opening, you know, to all the possibilities and all the effects of, of those drugs, since neuroinflammation is involved in many neurological or psychiatric disorders. So if you reduce the inflammation, you, you may expect an impact on many aspects of uh, the brain. Thank you. I have another question about the potential side effect of studies, and in particular about uh, behavior changes. Did you just talking about that? What do you say about this uh, potential side effect of studies? This is a not, not an easy field. I mean, if we look at statins, they've been used for a long time now and for, for very long periods in, in, by patients and people around the world. Th- those are not the most famous side effects indeed. I mean, as we usually know, we, we, you know, we observe muscle, muscle problems. The use of statins has been linked to the development of type 2 diabetes, for example, which is something we already know. If we look at behavior, yes, there are case reports more than or single cases in which some alterations have been observed. This is not surprising, I must say, for two different reasons. It's never easy to, to correlate an adverse event to a drug. Above all, when the drug is, is used in so many people altogether, they are all different one from the other one. And I'm not surprised that a drug having an effect into the brain may have a side effect into the brain. And as far as we believe that statins may have an effect into the brain, I'm not surprised about the fact that some people may have cognitive impairment or psychosis, all right? But this is, these are very small cases where we see improvement, for example, in other patients. So we see, for example, cognitive improvement in some patients using statins. The other Problem is the fact that we've been talking about the use and the statins, and therefore we are talking about adherence in the long term. And we know that adherence to the statins is very low when we use them for cholesterol lowering. So this is another challenge in the, on the clinical side to be faced trying to use those drugs for epilepsy. Yeah, and, and, and I guess two related topics there. One is around the, the age group that we might want to try statins for. And traditionally, we, we use statins for middle-aged, older people, but if we want to prevent epilepsy, then we might be thinking about using statins in, in younger people or even in, in children to reduce the future future seizures. And Professor Russo, are there other lines of research on statins and epilepsy or in general that we are not talking about? Professor Marson just mentioned uh, children, for example. So uh, encephalitis, all types of encephalitis, or uh, developmental epilepsies. May is a field which has not been explored. So, if there is any, if, if we believe that the mechanism near inflammation, then uh, there are rooms for for this kind of research. The other side is comorbidities. Comorbidities again in epilepsy, which may differ from other biologically speaking, may differ from other direct pathologies. I mean, I mean, there are studies in Alzheimer's disease, for example, but cognitive impairment will not be identical. It's not identical in patients with epilepsy and Alzheimer's patients. So, we we cannot really extrapolate data from one group to the other one. So we need to be very much focused and say, okay, we want to see whether statins may have an effect on uh, cognitive impairment in epileptic patients or depression in epileptic patients and so on. So this is another area we should, should look at. And finally, yes, we need the mechanism. We don't know enough, I think. I must admit, we don't know enough about the cholesterol into the brain. So we, we know that cholesterol is actually leading to the synthesis into the brain of uh, 
other molecules which are neuromodulators. So we don't we don't really understand those mechanisms so far. Yeah. So, so the, the risk is that a lack of knowledge of mechanism prevents us from testing what might be an effective treatment. And we didn't really know how Valparate worked. We still don't know how many of our drugs worked. And yet we know they work and they're used in routine clinical practice. And I, I think one of my concerns is that because it's so difficult to pin down the mechanisms that we will be prevented from attesting what might be effective treatments because of a kind of a, a, a mental block amongst, amongst funders and people making decisions. I think we need to get on and do some clinical trials of these safe, effective treatments. If this was a, a high-risk treatment, then then obviously we would need to be thinking about a different paradigm. But I, but I think, given given the you know millions of years of patients patients' use of, of these drugs for cardiovascular disease, the risk to individuals and the potential compared to the potential gain, I don't think there's an argument. I think we should be getting on and doing some simple clinical trials to answer the questions. And finally, Professor Russo, do you think there might really be a possibility that in the future statins could be used as anti-seizure medication? Yes or no? <laughs> We need global evidence. So let's go ahead, let's go ahead working and let's create evidence to support the use. And let's keep our finger crossed, uh, hoping that this will change the future of many patients. Thanks for listening to Sharp Waves. Our content is meant for informational purposes only and not as medical or clinical advice. The International League Against Epilepsy is the world's preeminent association of health professionals and scientists working toward a world where no person's life is limited by epilepsy. Find more Sharp Waves episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at ilae.org.